Blau und Weiß sein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute. Willkommen zum einzigen Schalker Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks. Officially the world's only English Schalke podcast. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 129 of Schalke America. I'm your host, Richard Carmen. Joining me in the Zweite Liga, as always, our co-host, Jack Mangan. Jack, how we doing, man? As you said, live from Bowie 2. Yeah. Uh, officially and finally, long-awaited. Uh, and we're, we're finally here. We are... After an extended, uh, extended summer holiday, shall we say? It is a, an extended summer holiday. It's a summer holiday where we actually finally met face to face. So uh, after five seasons or whatever, after four seasons, we finally did it. So yeah, we met up in Chicago. I met in your your hometown, huh? Yeah. No. Yeah. The final, the long streak of us <laughs> doing this remotely and have never I mean, always attending watch parties at different times and never actually getting in the same city. At the same time, we weren't sure we existed uh, yeah. in the same universe sometimes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You're doing a little Midwestern uh, summer tour. So, uh, yeah, we were able to meet up briefly in Chicago. So it was uh, obviously great to finally meet you, bud. And uh, yeah, yeah, here we are. Here we are. Like I said, extended summer holiday uh, and uh, multiple reasons for that. But, yeah. uh, you know, looking forward to getting back. Into it. Yeah, yeah. Jake's in the house. Good to see you again, Jake. He says, nice to see you both again at it. Thank you, sir. We're glad to have you back as well. Uh, yeah, you know, typically, typically when the uh, Bundesliga starts up this time of year, this is when we kind of get back in, on, our, on our horses. But then, you know, I'm getting ready to go on vacation and I found out Schalke starts the, the day I leave for vacation. I'm like, okay, well, this isn't going to happen. <laughs> so, you know, it took, it took a couple of weeks, but uh, yeah, we're back in it. And uh, yeah, lots of stuff to talk about uh, in this one. We had a uh, backroom moves we had player moves we had uh, obviously a new league we're playing in now and uh so so much to get into jack um let's just start off with the the backroom stuff that moved off because there's a lot of things that went on uh first we got a new sporting director roven schroeder uh he came in uh this summer probably i think just before the uh the summer just i think right at the end of the last season um and you know many there were many doubts about what what he could do but i think and this is just my opinion alone i think he's done very well for what he's had to work with um some of the names he's brought in that we'll get to here in a second some of the dead weight that we lost as well i think he's done pretty good considering what he had to work with what are you what are your thoughts on what he's done so far obviously it's a limited sample that we've seen but um yeah some wheeling and dealing by him well, he's managed to get rid of Sebastian Rudy, so he starts off with an A-plus in my mind. <laughs> um, also, I don't know if this was going around social media. I don't know if you saw the uh, the Schalke support with the jersey he had. Yeah. Uh, the number 16 on the back, and then the, the name was Mio for Rudy, which was great. Yeah. Um, I really enjoyed that. Uh, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I, I think given, for the most part, uh, what we have to work with um, from a financial standpoint, yeah. I've been – relatively pleased with, with with the moves we made in the summer obviously also once you start talking about some of the guys we're targeting uh now also with that new financial picture my knowledge of those transfer targets is not going to be as great because it's going to have a different selection of players to some extent um uh yeah but i think i think most of the moves i i've like i mean where do you want to start on these do you want to start with the, you know the outgoing players i mean where, where do you want to go well yeah well before we get to the players let's let, let's talk also sure, some yeah. of the supervisory board also changed as well um, a lot of moves there but the main ones we want to talk about just real briefly uh 
Axel Heffer was voted the new chairman by the supervisory board. This happened on July 17th. There was actually an earlier um, uh, session that they had that they had technical difficulties, and so it got postponed to 717. And then, uh, yeah, he was voted uh, new chairman. And then uh, Marit Donneman was appointed uh, vice chair. So um, some changes there in the, in the supervisory board there, Jack. Uh, nothing really that I got any comments on that. I don't know if you have as well. Also, uh, in terms of uh, big moves on from the Shaka Twitter perspective, uh, wasn't it uh, Torsten Veland on the election committee? Yeah, I thought that, I thought yeah. I saw that too. I wasn't sure, and I was like, I was going to comment, but then you said, I'm like, okay, maybe it did happen. So yeah, at least in terms of our sort of general online universe, that was another backroom movie. Yeah, know, yeah, yeah. Uh, to, to, to mention, but yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, yeah, so, I mean, a lot of moves going on here and there. Uh, but obviously, the, of the all the moves, all the moves that happened in the backroom, I think the the most notable one for us was Rovin Schroeder coming in, and I think he's done a competent job so far, and it, it seems to be an upgrade from what we've had recently. But um, yeah, lots of moves to talk about. Let's first talk about the moves. You got you come? Yeah, the one thing I'll say, the, the last, the final word I'll say real quick on that is just, and this is kind of a generic subjective take but like i i feel like we have a little bit more of an edge in our negotiations you um, think yeah w- with him oh okay and so i i, I feel i feel like we're, we're generally getting taken advantage yes of pretty yes consistently in a lot of our feelings and there were some moves in the off season that just turned out from like a financial picture better than i thought they would um and and so for that i was like great like finally somebody who's just going to come in and like be very no nonsense about yeah. it um, you know, and, and, and get things done. So, uh, you know, early days, we'll see how it goes. But, um, yeah, decent decent first returns. There's one move on uh, in terms of players that came in that there was a lot of question about the salary, but we'll get to him when we talk about the transfers in. Uh, but, well, let's go ahead and talk about some of the transfer out. Um, got some money for some players and then got, over, got rid of a lot of dead weight here. Uh, Weston McKinney, we officially sold him $22.5 million. Uh, Swat Serter got sold to Hertha $8.8 8. 8, uh, million. Rahman sold to Anderlecht $3.3 million. Tekpeti's gone. The Free Katucci movement is gone. Moved to Turkey. We lost Karls, Ut, Stambouli, Skripski, Schopf, Rudy, Schubert, Bentaleb. Talk about dead weight. Bentaleb uh, gone to Genoa. That was broke. That broke yesterday that I saw. Uh, and then we got a bunch of guys who loaned out. We had Matando, Mendil, and uh, one other one other player. I forget who it is. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, Buyalab. Buyalab is the other one. Um, oh, and also today, Levan Mercant was uh, loaned out as yes. well. So uh, lots of lots of player movement in terms of exiting Schalke. Thoughts on the on some of the moves that made that happened this uh, this off season. As far as the Bentelev thing goes, part of me is still expecting there to randomly be an article like in the winter about like him somehow being at the club still and being disgruntled. <laughs> like, oh, like I just don't fully believe that he's until he's holding up that jersey, right? Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, I mean a lot of I mean I think that that Juventus from McKenny that's still being paid in installments, right? I don't think we received. That yeah, entire. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, but uh, it, it, I mean Suat Serdar. Um, he was always one of the guys that I thought was more likely to leave, right? Like, so, like, the McKennies, the Harits, you know, uh, the Kabox, the Wobbo, Kabox still, that picture's interesting at the moment. But, um, yeah, Stuart Serra, I think I think the $8 million is probably less than we would have expected or wanted him to be sold for. Um, I guess if you're kind of projecting, when we, when we initially signed him, the expectation we had for him, like, from a development standpoint, I, I feel like we once he moved down, we would have expected to probably get more than that from him but honestly i think that's a pretty fair price given what he ultimately produced um and especially like you know like it's hard to put anyone on display last season given how bad the team was in general so um yeah a guy that i felt like obviously showed things at times but 
kind of underperformed in, in a number of ways pretty consistently for us. And I was I was fine with, you know, the eight million we got yeah. for him. Um, Benito Roman obviously taking a pretty what, what are we buying for? Like 14? Yeah, 14, 15, something like, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's obviously taking a pretty big hit on that. Um, but, you know, at least getting a few million back from him, which was honestly kind of more than I expected to some extent. I don't know if I was way off on my expectations for that one. But, um, yeah, another guy who just uh, – I mean, I think at the time we were all kind of like 14 million for that is, is a little optimistic. And it was kind of Schalke's habit of picking people up from lower division yeah. sides. Like after they had like a single, you know, standout season or something and, and it not really panning out. But uh, yeah, Tech Petty, um, long rumored to be like, uh, you know, potentially coming back and contributing to the side. And then ultimately he goes out this time permanently. So that, that kind of saga is over finally. And yeah, and then the big one um, from the Schalke America perspective, of course. <laughs> On the 4th of July, no less, which I feel like in my heart of hearts was intentional in some way, either as a direct dig to this podcast or like, hey, maybe they'll be distracted with 4th of July festivities and they won't notice this and cause a scene on yeah. Twitter. Uh, yeah, but the free constitution movement, uh, you know, officially dead and buried um, on the 4th of July, which was Fitting. just incredibly, uh, <laughs> incredibly poetic. But uh, we're all uh, Bashaksha here fans now. Yeah, I, I think, think so. so uh, the second Katuchu scores, uh, you know, a, a Super League goal, um, you will be hearing from it on a segment called Katuchu yeah. Watch. Not the not um, the Super League, but the Super League, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, so yeah, we'll, we'll keep you uh, we'll keep you posted on all of his exploits. Uh, no need to worry. Um, the rest, of, I mean, the rest of the moves just quickly. Um, Marco going to Cologne. I, I'm happy for him for that move. If that ends up being a good move for him. Um, you know, didn't really work out here, but I, a guy that I generally feel fairly positively about as, as, as a, you know, yeah. whatever. Um, Carl's Jr., sad day, <laughs> yeah. too. That's, that's another podcast favorite. He's yeah. on the way out. Stan Bowley, I mean, for the best, uh, you know, a guy who I do feel like cared about the club and, and obviously was important at, at, in various campaigns, but um, was really not up for it, you know, the last couple of years in terms of the level he was bringing for us. And so I think that move was probably um, coming for a while. Yeah. Uh, uh, and then, as, as I mentioned before, uh, Sebastian Brady getting off the books is good. Um, Schopf was a longtime servant, um, so him, him him departing as well. Um, but, you know, hopefully, I mean, I don't know. I always feel like he's somebody's kind of getting picked from his national team and is rarely around our squad enough to really, like, deserve that from, like, a club level. But, you know, maybe he'll maybe he'll go elsewhere. Yeah. Um, to see and kind of demonstrate why he gets selected as much as he does. And um, Yeah, I don't know. Uh, interesting that, like, there's no place in the squad for Matondo, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, after the money we paid for him. And, and uh, yeah, you know, Murkan and Bujaleb as well, both leaving um, the Murkan news that you mentioned broke today. That was interesting too, because, you know, some of those guys that were kind of coming up from the Catholic Schmidt in the last couple seasons that we figured, hey, maybe these are some of the guys are going to have finally their chance to have a bigger role. And, like, we got rid of them real quick, which was interesting. So I, I don't know. I just, I didn't expect that. I would not be surprised if Boz Duan is next. I honestly wouldn't. Just the way it's been panning out with the, with the guys. I, I mean, you haven't seen much of him this season so far. And so, yeah. Yeah, it sounds like they've been kind of critical of him at times, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, like a lot of those guys that I thought might finally get their their chance to get minutes or were immediately kind of shuffled out the door. So that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, Jake's asked any news or rumors on Kabak or Harit uh, and the transfer in the works. So I know that Harit, I heard that was uh, there's a, a Turkish club that I think it was a Turkish club that's uh, interested in him, and then Kabak. I heard there was an English club, and I can't remember for the life of me who who it was. I don't think it was. Might have been West Ham, but I can't recall exactly who it was. But there's some rumors for both those players. Nothing official just yet. Um, yeah, I mean, obviously, there's been a lot more talk about Ozan Kabak 
over the summer everything just because like the Liverpool ties and all that. But like I felt that the Harit one was was surprisingly yeah um, silent. There wasn't a lot of direct links anywhere. Um, there was brief brief know. glimmer with uh, I don't know if it was Sassuolo or Atalanta with Harit, which could have been an interesting move. But um, yeah, no, it's been quiet with him, like you said. We'll see if he ends up somewhere. Obviously, he's an interesting case. Like if you're if you're a sporting director and you're considering about investing any sort of significant money in him, because obviously he has had you know the disciplinary issues in the past, um, questions about his attitude at times, inconsistent. But for whatever reason, still a player that I, I very much expected to get swooped up for a decent fee relatively quickly. Yeah. Because I feel like there just has to be a team out there that wants to take a gamble on what he brings to the table. Because I mean, like, yeah, once again, at, at his best, like, he legitimately, yeah. I think, can be a game changer in a, in a top league, yeah. you know, for, for at a minimum, you know, like a, a mid-table side, I, I feel like. At, when he's when he's playing consistently at his best, I, th- I do think he's that good. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I've, I've been surprised that it's been as quiet as it, as it has been. Before I go into my takes on some of the transfer outs, uh, you know, you mentioned discipline and, you know, uh, something that was lacking on our team in terms of discipline was when Christian Gross was here. Uh, and obviously the news broke, I don't know if it was today or yesterday, Benito Roman uh, speaking up about, I don't know if you saw this, Jack, like speaking up about his yeah, time right. at Schalke and how uh, all the veterans were really running the club. They just ignored what he said because he didn't know anybody's names and he didn't, you know, wasn't doing this and that. And so the veterans just, you know, they'll sit, they'll sit down together. They wouldn't do anything. It was very, uh, very interesting to hear from Rahman. Something we, I, we've, we, at least for me, I quite frankly thought I would hear from Nabil Bentaleb, uh, right? Not, not Rahman first, but uh, yeah, uh, Rahman speaking his, speaking his uh, mind uh, when he's being interviewed. Yeah, I mean, the Chris. The Christian Gross thing doesn't no. surprise me. We've heard similar things already. From that's been that's been like widely reported. Yeah. Um, and I mean, and I think we've also talked about that. That was kind of the moment where that hire, not not so much the decision to get rid of Manuel Baum, but like the the, the hire that you know of Christian Gross specifically coming in was when we were kind of like, what is going yeah. on with our decision making? Yeah. And, and like and like because no one was like, oh, this is a good signing. Or, sorry, not even a signing. You know, a good hire. Um, yeah, and that's just—it's. I mean, basically, suggestions that once again there was basically no tactical instruction happening. He didn't know people's names. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it sounds like an absolute joke of a of a stretch and, and uh, a period of, of the season where technically, you know, all was not lost yet. And that that was kind of like a critical moment for us to try to get something turned around and potentially uh, wasted moments too. Not saying that you know the end result would have been different because I think we were going at direction all season. But yeah, it makes it even worse kind of than hindsight. And it was interesting because, uh, and I haven't checked this myself, but Roman says, you know, when, when the when the team did its best under Gross, it's when actually the, the veterans just, you know, did whatever they wanted. Like he gave out tactical advice and they were like, nah, we're going to do this instead. And they played better. But it still didn't matter, right? The uh, end result is fight the Liga. So uh, yeah, it was it's interesting to see his perspective, and I'm curious. Yeah, he also did. He also mentioned that like he, like another six months, and he would have like quit football because like that's how like bad. It was yeah, yeah. So Cedric uh, Cedric Zelmat had mentioned something. Had, had posted that quote there. So yeah, yeah. He definitely did say that. Which to me, I'm like, yeah. like take your money and, and yeah. you know do your job, yeah. but like you know because you're getting pretty well compensated. But anyway. Uh, Doug Jackson's asking, uh, is the mass departures related to finances, overpaid players, and or right sizing for Svite the Liga? Also, what's the plan for getting back to the top league? Um, yes. Yeah, yeah I, would, I would agree. I would agree. Yeah, yeah but it's, it's a little it's bit of everything. Almost exclusively finances and over, yeah, or in getting getting the wage built yeah. where it needs to be, um, and, and bringing in some additional money to, to shore up our debts and also try to fund whatever moves we are trying to make. So, um, yeah, I mean, obviously there was that whole we, we had to we had to demonstrate like financial solvency to actually register yep. and, and get that license. So, I mean, that that was like a deadline that we were needing to hit and, and get to certain for a while. That was kind of up in I mean, 
from the messaging from the club is that they were pretty confident that that wasn't going to be a problem. Like they were going to make it happen. But like you know, that was technically hanging over us for a decent. Part yeah, we were getting more and more worried as as the time went on. We're like, oh, is this going to happen or not? Uh, Doug's asking, is this just a complete ground up rebuild? Yes and no. I mean, we had to get rid of a lot of stuff, um, both for both, like Jack, like Jack said, financial reasons, and you know, other, other ones. It's just we had to get rid of them. It was the, the culture that was happening in the background that it needed to change some things. And I don't think it's a complete rebuild because obviously the Kanap and Shimita players are there um, that we're trying to build around. Um, surprisingly enough, you know, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Becker. We haven't seen much of Becker, even though he was so he played so well last year. I thought you know with Malik Tiao, we thought two of the better players last season. Um, but yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good overhaul. And, you know, his early question about like, what's the plan for getting back to the top league? It's get back as soon as possible. Cause they know the longer you stretch this out, you're going to turn into a Hamburg or a St. Pauli or, a, or a Kaiserslautern possibly even, you know, and you don't want to do that. Um, you want to get back as soon as possible. I think with some of the moves they brought in, uh, show their intention. Cause there's a mix of people who, uh, have massive, massive experience in the Svita Liga and other players who come from, from the Bundesliga clubs as well. So, uh, you know, it sounds like they want to get back as soon as possible. I think that's the right move because the longer you're down here, the long, the less money you're going to have, and, you know, the more heartache you're going to give us. Uh, so I, I fully expect that's what the, I mean, would you disagree, Jack? No, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't call it like a total rebuild yeah. in sort of like the american sports sense yeah. of the word like you know like the cubs back in the yeah. day you know whenever I, I wouldn't call it like that entirely but i think it's probably kind of like a half measure between um you know kind of continuing to roll and then rebuilding significantly and a lot of that was, as you said was just necessitated by um the financials and having to uh you know kind of recontort yourself into the shape where you can actually fit into the the spider bonus again function from a you know from a various standpoint speaking of the cubs what if we had theo epstein you think he'd be able to rebuild us <laughs> I don't know, man. Shock is, a, shock is a tough case, man. It is, say? it is. Um, uh, so talk about some of the moves for me, transfers out. Uh, Schubert was interesting for me because, you know, while we all love Michel Langer, I thought, you know, Schubert has, is young, has still potential. Um, I thought for sure he was going to get a chance under, under Ralph Fairman. Um, but no, the club eventually, I think they, they sold him, I, th- I believe, and I forget to whom. Um, but uh, yeah, he's gone, so... Uh, didn't really get a shake. L- longer is the backup at the moment. Uh, he actually started the season because, uh, or started a game or two ago because uh, uh, Ral had uh, COVID nineteen. So, or uh, it was on a protocol or whatever it was, but he, he couldn't play because of that. Uh, some of the other moves that are out. Obviously, Defrico Tuchu. Go ahead. Yeah, real quick, I just wanted to shout out Ralph Fairman because he restructured his contract. Twenty twenty five, right? For the for the benefit of of yeah. the team. So once again, just kind of cementing, I think. Yeah. basically legend status absolutely um, absolutely uh maybe not in terms of like you know the highest highs of his like you know performances being like you know deserving of in yeah. that sense but you know he's coming to the club over the years and now sticking with us and doing that in second division is uh you know pretty yeah. good no no i agree about that um so what's that move i mean that had to happen uh, like i'm surprised that harit hasn't happened yet uh finally getting rid of bentaleb and, and rudy was i think key for us just for our for our, our sake and sanity um, but I, I'm with you in terms of the loan outs with uh, Bouyalab and uh, and Merkan. It's just it's very head scratching to me. But I mean, I I get it. There's actually you watching the players on the pitch and they're playing very well. I think, um, but it's it's hard to fathom that, that they couldn't make an impact in this team, whether it's you know starting or on the bench, some way somehow. Um, especially after what we saw, we saw so much of them. Especially Bouyalab, I think of all of them had the most opportunities, um, and so he didn't, he doesn't get that in the fight league now and. I know at least with the Mercan loan, they mentioned how um, I think it was uh, Roven Schroeder said that you know his the most important thing for him is pitch time, which I agree with all these players. It's it's pitch time. The, that's the way you're going to improve as a player. You're not going to sit on the bench and get better. Um, so, 
Yeah, it, it, it's sad to see some of these guys go, but uh, we did get a little bit of money for some of these players, um, and um, yeah, hopefully it's for the for the benefit uh, of of the club going in. And there were some moves that came in that we got to talk about because uh, there were so many moves. Uh, it seems like um, I'll, I'll run through the names real quick, and then you just tell me which ones you think were the be- the best fits. Uh, Myers Bulter yeah. from Union Berlin. Uh, Reinhold Ranfeld from Lask, Simona Taroda from Hamburg, Victor Paulsen, Darmstadt, uh, Marcin Kaminski, Stuttgart, Dries Vouchers, Genk, Dani Latza, the new captain from Mainz, Dominic Drexel, Drexler, excuse me, I want to say Drexler, <laughs> from Köln, uh, Martin Frazel from Ado Den Haag, and Rodrigo Salazar from Eintracht. Uh, actually, there's a couple more, actually, too. Um, Thomas Wijin from uh, Akmar. Marvin Perringer from Freiburg and Yaroslav Mikhailov, who scored uh, recently uh, from Zenit. Uh, so, of all the big, all those names that we just mentioned, um, which ones have stu- stood out for you thus far? Well, so some of them we've known for a while. I think even on like our podcast from last season, like Danny Latza, Latza uh, yeah, because that that move was announced pretty yep. early. Um, I know a lot of people didn't like that from like you know kind of a squad building standpoint, but. Um, I mean, the obvious one, but it, I think it, it, it deserves to be said. I mean, Jake is, <laughs> as you pointed out, is, is yeah. Yeah, Tarada. And I mean, um, yeah, if, if you're if you're trying to score goals and bounce back up and, and get promoted, there's basically no one better. Um, and yeah, I mean, very much uh, as advertised so far, was he have three goals and an assist already? Something, something like that, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, just, I mean, always seems to have great awareness, not only of... of his relationship to the goal, where where his teammates are, um, pretty consistently seems to make like the, the best decision um, for like the goal scoring opportunity, which isn't always the shot. Maybe more than somebody like you know Bolter is doing yep. at the moment, in my yep. opinion. Um, or I feel like is is more just kind of like taking taking the extra dribble, like taking the extra shot sometimes. Not that he's not you know making good plays yep. as well, but um, yeah, Tarada just like very polished, very confident immediately. Looks every bit what we thought he was going to be in. Yeah, as long as he can stay healthy. We, um, we talked about the first game excited. how he looks so much better than everybody else. He looks like a legit like beast. Yeah, uh, and what you were hoping for. It's, it's shocking that this guy doesn't has never did well. Could, could use it last season. Honestly, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yes, it's true. This is very true. Um, and so yeah, now he's been uh, living up to the billing so far. Uh, I feel like Ramsdale's a guy that a lot of people were excited yeah, about. Yeah, he's done well. Um, what he could bring. Um, some of his like you know his dribbling and his progressive runs and stuff i don't know i mean your progressive passing maybe i i've got what I, some of the stats i think people were highlighting at various times i don't know uh, but so uh drexler's a name i think a lot of us know um salazar people are getting excited what, what's salazar's deal is he so who's he owning? i'm trying frankfurt and frankfurt's doing like a chelsea thing with him where he's just like on the books yes. like forever and just like never yes and i think there's an option though we have an option to buy potentially if we get promoted and we get if we have money um i believe yeah but i mean same same probably last season what six goals six assists mm-hmm. um so that that was a move kind of later into the uh the transfer activity that we've had that people were um you know promising about um oh well, john's gotten a lot of minutes yeah, so far yes, yes um so yeah i mean who are the guys that stuck out for you um you know for me i you know obviously it's Toronto's obviously the no-brainer Danny lots i thought has played you know fairly well so far uh, Marius Bulter, when when he came in, I was like, "What are you doing?" It doesn't make sense because him and Taroda are, are similar players. I didn't think they would work well together, especially when the you started hearing that they may start together. I'm like, "How's this going to work?" But you know what you said was Taroda is looking as like the playmaker and goal scorer. He's not only he looks for the best option. Period. And sometimes that's Bulter, or you know, other guys are finding Bulter, and Bulter hasn't put away his opportunities. He had a he had a goal. I think he's had a couple goals already this year. Um, and he, I think he's fitting very nicely with Taroda up top. And now you got Salazar in the mix. That's another player I'm very happy to see. 
Um, I wasn't sure what he, I mean, we watched the highlight reels. We watched what they did last year in the Bundesliga. Um, but, you know, his first game, scoring his debut, I, got, I think goal and assist in his debut, uh, he's, he's looked good so far. And if we can have a proper 10, I know people want, are thinking of the fact that maybe we can have Harit and Salazar. I don't see financially how that could work. Um, but, uh, you know, who knows? We'll see. I mean, we're playing thus far, I guess, right? But, I mean, um, those two have been interesting for me. I think the fact that uh, I don't know if I forget who it is been starting and defense instead of Tiao. Um, I'm surprised we still have uh, you know speaking of guys we haven't got rid of yet. Nastasic is still on the lineup, uh, on the squad. Um, but anyway, I digress. Um, those have been the main ones for me and, and Brownfield for me as well as playing playing really well. Did did Nastasic not move yet? I thought he just moved to Italy. Or maybe that was a rumor. I was Who's that? Maybe that Nastasic. I heard I heard a rumor. Yeah. I just heard rumors. I mean, it could have happened, but I. And then uh, the one for me, um, uh, Yaroslav Mikhailov from Zenit. I wasn't sure. like It was a, it was like a tryout from Zenit because uh, we played them, and I guess they like what, what they saw. Um, but he, he's done well for the minimum time that he's had, and so Schalke's like, all right, we'll give you a loan, and we'll try you out and see how it's done. And I think he's, uh, you know, if he, you know, listens to the players around him, watch and works hard, he could, he could maybe become a player. Who knows? Um, it's still too early to tell, but uh, yeah. Uh, I think um, it's been it's a it's a good cheap pickup. We haven't really spent much money. Now the one the one big argument we we heard during the summer, obviously the Toroda news was fantastic, right? But the amount of money that they're talking about, how much he, they're paying him now, it was, it was a free transfer, but they had to pay him you know so much per year, and everyone's like, whoa, we don't have any money. We're in this fight to Liga. Why are you paying? I forget the amount, but it was a lot of money, and everyone's like, well, what are we doing? Um, I think if if he provides the goals that he is capable of, and so far is showing he can. If he gives us a 20-goal season, uh, I think it's worth it, right? Now, if we don't get promoted, it obviously is going to come back to bite us. But I, I think, you know, when you have a chance to get a player like that, especially when you're just struggling for goals and he's obviously a guy who can make it happen, you got to give it to him, right? I mean, are you, what are your thoughts on all this with, with the, the contracts with him? And that's that's the main move, not the only one, but that's the main yep. move that to me is like when we're saying this is not like a like a full rebuild mm-hmm. of the sense that's one of the ones that kind of yeah. comes to that because that's still potentially Schalke doing something from a financial standpoint that maybe doesn't make the most sense and maybe doesn't fit with um sort of like the thought process behind a lot of the other moves that they've yeah. been making but it's literally just because they're 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 still holding on to you know the partial belief that you know give it give it a few games in the season to kind of like figure things out and get the squad playing together and then you know make a run and actually try to bounce back up right away and you know it's worth going out and getting you know the talisman up top who can hopefully have that 15, 20 goal season for you and, and solve um, what's been a, a problem in that position for Schalke for seasons now um, in, in the top division as well. Um, and once again, basically since, you know, Huntelar had been at his, at his peak, we, we've been struggling to find any consistency up there. So Yeah, no, no, that's certainly sad but true. Uh, and if, for those who are listening in the chat uh, or anywhere on social media right now, uh, you know, tell us what you think of the transfer market so far. What do you, what do you, what do you think of the transfers outs and the transfers in? Uh, let us know in the, in the comments. And then if you're listening to this on the podcast later on, just uh, send us a tweet at Shalk America. Let us know what your thoughts are on that. Uh, lots of moves to do, but, uh, you know, the season did kick off. Obviously, the big game that, that started it all off was uh, the game against Hamburg. Big game, right? I, I, two big former uh, um, Bundesliga clubs, almost at Serie A there, uh, former Bundesliga clubs going at it. And uh, we weren't sure. We were, this was really going to see Hamburg's been the, the seasoned veteran in, in the Zweite Liga all of a sudden, and uh, we wanted to see how we would stack up against them. Uh, preseason, we had some... A decent results against, uh, you know, I think it was Zenit and I forget who the other club was, Shakhtar, where we didn't give up any goals, we didn't score any, but we didn't give up any, right? And they're friendly, so you can take that with a grain of salt. But uh, the Hamburg game, the real first test, Jack, 
didn't fare well that game, did it? Um, 3-1 loss. I think we scored an opening goal, but then they came back with three goals, uh, successive goals. That was actually the one that was the one of the three games that was actually aired on, on ESPN+. Plus. Yeah. Uh, thoughts, um, quick thoughts on, on that game against Hamburg. Yeah, so that's the only game I've seen of us actually so far, just because we're still trying to figure out the Shaka TV situation here. And I've been super busy on the weekends and haven't had the time to like track down the streams as they're happening. Um, and obviously, we don't have the, the ability to watch them on demand at the moment. But uh, yeah, the Hamburg game, not not a unique sentiment, but uh, still just so weird seeing Schalke and Hamburg uh, contesting a game yeah. in the second divisions. Very, very strange uh, feeling. And once again, not the only kind of bigger team down there at the moment, too. It's a, it's a really interesting uh, mix of mix of clubs this year. But um, really bright start in that game. I felt like the first 10, 15 minutes, super high energy, flying into tackles, very anticipatory. Toronto goal. I mean, um, right off the bat, that was awesome. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Toronto. I mean, it's creating creating chances from, you know, midfield turnovers and springing quickly, and, you know, and, you know, so not as much possession, but trying to attack very quickly in transition. Um, and yeah, and Tarada, I think it was, uh, it was actually, dis- it was called off like, yes. in the moment and VAR overturned it and he was onside, but, uh, yeah, Tarada scoring right away. And you're just like, hell yes. Like, this is exactly like, you know, what we wanted inside this guy for. Um, and then what, I mean, as, as we typically do, I think it was a, you know, a mixture of us backing off a little bit, but also Hamburg, you know, growing into the game to some extent. Um, and, uh, they really dominated possession for much of the rest of the yeah. game. Uh, which I guess to some extent was to be expected. Yeah. They've kind of been a possession yeah. team, but even so, um, they're not Bayern. They're not Bayern. Was... So why are we acting like it? Exactly. And I think there was kind of the the expectation among about a lot of Shaka supporters, like, okay, this is the way we played last year <laughs> when we were historically bad, and you know, like very much out outclassed. But now we're in the second division, and even though you know you and I, for example, have been saying this is not going to be a cakewalk, and it's it's not anywhere near a guarantee that we're going to get promoted right away. And I think what we're seeing ninth in the table currently after three games, um, but. Uh, I think they, I think they expected us to be on the front foot a little bit more and and not have some of the same issues with game flow um, that we have um, from much of last year and the, the, I mean, the last couple of seasons to, to a large extent. Um, and so, yeah, I think it was very disappointing um, our inability to, to really build and connect passes, especially in the second half. Um, build, we're trying to build out of the back, um, and so it was a lot of that same kind of like you know five three two long balls at times, you know, and that that kind of stuff. And so it's it's kind of frustrating to watch. I think you know. Hopefully, you know, uh, Gramatz is coming in last season, inheriting a horrible situation, just trying to, you know, steer the ship to to, to port in the storm, yeah. right? And just kind of like end the season. And they go, okay, now he's got a whole summer to work with the team and, and, and try to like, you know, affect a new style of play. And I think after the first game, a lot of people were like, like, okay, like saw a couple of things in there, but like this isn't as much of a, a change as maybe we were perhaps expecting or would have wanted. Yeah. So, um yeah, ultimately, not 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 the not the opening you would have liked there. Um, I mean, what did you make of it? Yeah, no, no, I, I thought the same thing. I mean, I knew it was never going to be easy against Hamburg, but uh, yeah, you know, scoring so early gave us a lot of hope, and then you know, giving up those three goals, giving up a lot of possession, and I think I think you're right. The the, the manner we did it, uh, giving up all that possession like they were a, a top Bundesliga club was uh, not the way you want to start. Um, and all of a sudden, you know, we saw all the naysayers come out there. Uh, after the game, like hey, here we go again. We're going to we're going to the, the third league. It's like all right, cal- calm down. It's it's Hamburg. You know, if we if we did it like five games in a row, okay, I get you. But um, yeah, it, it wasn't the, the most. It wasn't the best way to start. Um, I, I'm sure the, the ratings were probably decent because it's two you know the two clubs uh, historical names. 
but yeah, it wasn't a, it wasn't a most ideal thing. And then look, the next game we had to go against Holsten Kiel. Holsten Kiel was a surprise darlings of last year, nearly making it to the Bundesliga. Uh, and then we that game was a complete turnaround from the first game, right? We you know Toroda two goals, Bulter got a goal as well. You know three nothing win against Holsten Kiel. Um, nice win there. Uh, and you know we and we and we talked about Bulter being a a good fit with Toroda. Uh, surprisingly, and when they went into the, our first DB Pokal matchup, we we many of us expected that we were going to win, but we weren't positive. You know, like well, we saw one good game, one bad game so far, uh, and it turned out really well. Uh, the game, um, Bulter scored. They, I, I know they scored right away soon after that, and Bulter scored again. Salazar got his first goal, and Mikhailov got a goal as well, uh, and so things were looking up. Uh, and then we had a game against. I go ahead. Toronto, by the way, Toronto's just got like every finish. In he does. Guy. He every is a. Uh, he box. is. I mean, like, and then they both, both of his goals in that one were seventy yep. goals, but like the first one was kind of like half volley scissor kick type thing. Um, second one was a nice, you know, I think that was kind of like in the yep. air as well, and you know, and not not as difficult, but still, you know, requires some some technical ability in the box. And yeah, I just, I just, I really enjoyed both of those two because I was just like, yes, like somebody that can just consistently get open. You yeah, know, it has the run, has the physicality, it has the finish, and it's just kind of like, where has this been? It's so refreshing to have an actual competent. Number and then a backup and a competent backup with a bolter with it. With, he's he's putting in the back of the net now, and he's finding his he's finding those runs. I had a nice run, I think, in the Villingen game um, where he scored a goal, um, and maybe it was Eisberg. I forget, but uh, uh, yeah, now both those guys having two guys who can score goals. I mean, what they both have three goals now or something like that. Um, to start the season, it, it, it's nice to see. It's a very, I mean, they're already, they're already, you know, if you look at the numbers last year, the top goal scorer, what is, was it Hoppy with six or something like that? So, you know, they're halfway there already, a uh, couple games in. One other thing from the first two games before we move on to the DFP Pokal and then uh, Al on Friday, but um, uh, wanted to pick your brain real quick on, so the, the match at Hamburg, and then I also believe for, for Kiel, which I didn't, I hadn't watched that yeah. match, but uh, the Hamburg match, um, it was Florian Flick starting in the back yeah we saw that in off preseason too for some i don't know why and maybe i was just way off on this i was expecting it to be more likely like like paulson was playing yeah in the center back role and you'd see flick in you know the base of midfield which is what he was doing for the most part when we saw him making those initial breakthrough appearances late last season i don't know if it's an issue of like they don't think that he has the coverage maybe like the physicality to play that role i don't see how the answer then is necessarily to throw him into the back line um yeah i just i don't know I, i felt that was because that's all you know. It, it's like a, it's a big game. It's the first game of the season. It's Hamburg, so it's like a big club by Bundesliga two standards. Um, and to immediately throw him into like, yeah, he's working there in the preseason. But what I understood to be that somewhat unfamiliar, unfamiliar position for him, um, I feel like he kind of got exposed in that first match. Uh, yeah, um, personally, like, like you know, kind of slow, had a bunch of fouls, you know, gave away a penalty. Um, and, and I was, I, I, I thought that was interesting, especially because as you mentioned earlier, Timo Becker, like. I was watching that game and I'm like, oh, maybe we just have like depth issues here. But then they subbed Timo Becker on. I'm like, you could have put Timo Becker at like right center start. that entire game in the first place. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, because he's played that position to some extent and has yeah. an entire season of Bundesliga minutes last year. Yeah, that, that was certainly head scratching for me. And uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't get it either. Um, I'm with you. I thought Paulson would have played in defense and Flick would have been in the midfield, in the mid, a defensive midfielder role. We saw him do it at the end of the season. We all thought he looked very well. He played very pretty good. And, um, to have the opposite happen to what most of us were thinking, uh, at least both of us, I should say, uh, it was it was head scratching and, and and looked like he was exposed, as you said. Uh, he didn't look like he fit physicality wise. I think he didn't look natural um, in that position at all. As 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 the opposite of what we saw at the end of the last season, I thought he looked like a phenomenal tackler of the ball. 
Um, didn't have that pressure of you know holding out that back line. I think that's too much of pressure for a youngster to have. And uh, Malik Tiao is different. He's a center back by trade, uh, and he he played that very well. Becker as well. They they both did well together last season, um, for the most part. But uh, having Flick as a, a center back uh, has been head scratching to me, and it, it's continued for for the pretty much the first four games so far, including the DFB Pokal. And so it's um, I think it is one game he hadn't started, but. Yeah, it's uh, I don't know, and maybe Gramozzi sees something he he that we don't, or or Flick's telling him something else. I don't know, but uh, that's not the move that I would have particularly made. You know, with those two, and I know I think there were some questions about maybe having Flick and Lotsa in there at the same time. I mean, I don't know. I don't know what the reason is. Lotsa hurt now, of course, too. Got hurt right away, yeah. and that that was you know quasi, potentially a quasi long long term yeah. injury. Um, not an ACL, right? But still had some sort of other ligament tear, right? Yeah, I believe that's what I heard too. So. Ah, uh, very, very unfortunate, uh, like I said. And, um, yeah, we had that big win in DP-Pokal first round, uh, 4-1. Um, I thought it was a good good victory against a team we probably should have beaten. Um, and then, you know, you, you basically have two wins in a row, and, you know, we had a game going into against uh, Eisenberg. I'll, um not sure how that was going to go, but uh, we, again, scored early. Um, Dominic Drexler scored a goal, a uh, nice goal for him. And then uh, we did... We played well for the, probably the first 60 minutes, Jack, and then we kind of reverted to old Schalke where we thought we're good enough to hold the lead, and we're not. We're not there yet. Uh, one nothing lead with this kind of squad for the last couple of years is not good enough. They're not good enough to hold that lead, and um, people on, on Twitter were, were ripping them for uh, making that decision to sit back when they should have kept attacking. Obviously, Boulter had a, a glorious opportunity. Uh, I think it was late in the first half where he should have made it 2 nothing, but notwithstanding, they should have kept attacking, Jack, you know, this is not, like I said, this is not a team that can hold the lead. He's got to keep trying to score goals, feed those dogs up top. And if you get a two-goal lead, okay, I get it then, maybe. Yeah. Not not saying it happened in the same way or for the same reasons, but some quasi-similar arc to, like, the first game against Hamburg, too, get, getting the lead early and, and then kind of seeding some of the ground that yep. you have um, and allowing the opponent to get on the front foot and then not, not capitalizing it. Yeah, it sounded like we still had a number of chances that we could have um, scored on. Uh, but, probably, yeah, probably one you would have liked to get um at home what it would have been nice to pick up that that second win but uh yeah you know at least uh you saw bolter playing the ball into Tirada, who then once again immediately knows where his teammate is plays the smart ball and it's a nice finish by drexler right mm-hmm. so um what's get a bunch of new people involved in and as you said the bolter uh Tirada connection continues to look promising in that regard yeah that's been very good and i think bolter has been you can, you can play as a striker or a left winger it seems like he's very versatile um and what, what he can do so um, actually, I think the goal he had against uh, Valingen, uh, he did the same thing where he like caught the ball at midfield and kind of like made the run and finally got the ball back, whatever. It was a really good goal, that one was. Uh, Jake says, with all the moving pieces in the player department, I really thought the game against Hamburg felt inconsistent and disjointed in our performance. And I can kind of see that. I mean, yeah, they had some time in the preseason, but it's the first game against a team who's been together for a while. It's only natural that there would be some uh, growing pains, uh, but we thought uh, the game plan was not was not correct. I think um, it seemed like we were trying to adapt our play to what Hamburg was going to do. We, we figured, you know, we saw this last year with Gramozis and several of the managers we had, where they try to mirror the other team. It's like we're not good enough to mirror the other team. Let's just play our best formation and 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 see what we can do. And uh, I think after, since that game, we've played a lot better in terms of. Um, how we've shaped our team and, and playing to our strengths and not necessarily uh, trying to stop the other team from you know their weakness or their, their strengths too. So um, it's been better. Uh, let's see how the the next game is going to be difficult. But uh, what, what are your thoughts so far through the first you know, three, four games, three games in the DFB Pokal? 
I mean, yeah, once once again, having obviously not seen all of the minutes uh, yet to form a full opinion. Um, I mean, it's, it's a decent start. You have to give the team time with all the new people coming in yeah. uh, to kind of to kind of gel. Um, although, once again, you have had, you know, Karatsas in place for a while now and, and with the full um, offseason to work with a lot of these guys. So hopefully it's not going to not going to take too long. Yeah, it, it, it sounds like in for what I've seen, you know, the, the highlights I've seen, you know, the match footage I have seen in some areas, you know, playing pretty well and, and like look, looking um, more coherent than we have <laughs> a, lot, a lot of times. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, still, still a lot of work to be done. Um, you know, still a couple games of pretty worrying possession statistics. Um, and, uh, you know, once again, some, some, some of the same game flow she's had previously, um, and maybe it's not as much midfield bite as we, as we potentially need, despite all the signs we brought in, cause some of them just seem to be maybe slightly more attacking focused, um, at times, but, um, yeah, I don't know. It, it, we'll see how it goes. Uh, it, it's not, it's not the worst string of results because it would have been nice to grab that, that, that other win on yeah. Friday. Instead of uh, losing that one, eighty-six uh, minutes. Late, but, <sighs> yeah, but you know, th- three match days in, you have a win in the DFB Pokal, and you're you know top half of the table. Okay. Can we, yeah, especially given what United said coming in once again, which which is that this is not a guaranteed like, hey, we're going to be first or second in the table, like you know, pretty pretty convincingly. Yeah. Um, it's not that that can't happen. It's just that I, th- I think it's much more likely that we're going to finish, you know, maybe sixth, seventh eighth somewhere in there and, and, and if we do get it going you know it, it might be like hey we're in the playoff as opposed to mm. um you know first or second place it might be over you know but we're fighting for the right to uh to get in there we'll see uh you know I, i've seen i've seen predictions for us kind of all over the table from you know from second or third all the way down to like you know like 11th or 12th something like that so um i don't know how you feel about things but yeah I, i'm still kind of reasonably optimistic with what we've done so far and and i, I think there's still a chance for this team to kind of gel and get going and, and, and do some damage if you're reasonably optimistic i must be freaking uh reaching for the stars i i, I see the team you know being in that it's gonna be tough the top five is gonna be difficult i think but i think we can get in the third spot the, the playoff spot um it's gonna be difficult you know i thought holson keel would be you know be up there and so far they started very poorly um but we've seen jan regensburg who's been playing very well so far so i mean anything can happen it's fight the liga we've seen long season. it's a long season it's a very long season uh, you mentioned attacking prowess, and uh, it kind of segues perfectly with Jake's comment. It says, uh, with Toroto and Bolter building a nice relationship already, do you see Hoppy being able to crack into the starting lineup, and uh, would a sale of him be better for both Schalke and Hoppy? Uh, let me go first on this one. So I, if, if this was a normal year where we were in the Bundesliga, uh, I would say, okay, maybe I, I can lean towards that. But, you know, we've seen the last several years how injury has been a big problem for us, and, and I think to keep the depth is important at this point. Yeah, you want Hoppy to you know get some pitch time, but you know if, what if one of the big horses goes down or Salazar goes down? You need to have somebody there. I think Hoppy could play that ten position. Um, and it's just behind those two big boys. Um, I I personally would love to see this, him stay and try to work into the lineup, learn from Taroda like we wanted him to learn from Huntelar last year. I think it'd be great for him uh, and his confidence too, learning what the what Bolter and, and Taroda can do and picking some of that up. And then when he gets his opportunities, you know, play well. He in preseason he was I don't even know if he played many much in preseason because he was mostly with the U.S. team. But I would like to see him. Uh, what are your thoughts on on Matthew Hoppy? Um, yeah, I, I'm kind of conflicted on this one at the moment. So first of all, I think it was very good both from like a club perspective and a player perspective that he was spending his summer uh, with the U.S. men's national team, able to compete in the Gold yep. Cup, uh, ultimately play a fairly significant role, you know, put in some good performances, raise his profile. Gold Cup winners. Um, as he's kind of, 
as he, yeah, I mean, as he's kind of in the shop window at the moment. So, I mean, yeah, Gold Cup, maybe not the best level of competition you're going to face. But, you know, still, for him to, to, to kind of break onto the scene, have meaningful minutes and contributions and leave winning that um, only helps his value, yeah. right? I mean, because based on how things went last year, it's kind of hard for it to be high. Um, some of the rumors that we've been seeing are like Premier League team rumors with, you yep. know, 8 million to 12 million. Yep. Matt says Everton. Yeah, I've seen a couple of teams. Yeah. So here's the thing. I mean, first of all, if, it, if it's a Premier League team that's calling for him, I don't blame the kid for not wanting to play second division football for Schalke when like the Premier League's um, available yep. to him. Uh, I wouldn't blame him in the slightest. Do I think that he's maybe ready at this point in his career? Good, once again, good summer performances. I, I think him playing at this level for another season, maybe two, um, would probably do him a lot of good. The problem is we were kind of expecting like, oh, well, he's going to have plenty of opportunity to get those minutes. Seaman Tirada, yeah. Matthew Happy's not taking Seaman no. Tirada's place. No. Maybe Bolter's place yep. at times. Yep. Um, and, and like, yeah, could, could Matthew Happy be a super sub or you bring him in, you know, to give like, you know, Tirada, you know, bench for a little bit. So then Tirada makes a super sub appearance, keep him fresh. Yeah, absolutely. There's ways that you could rotate him in. And I think, you know, Hoppy could absolutely play, you know, a role for us. I, I just don't know if, if, if the way things are structured at the moment, he's slated to be playing a super significant role. And I think given our financial picture, if the offer's on the table for like eight plus million, you, you kind of have to take that. Um, I think it'll make the player probably happier than, I mean, I, we haven't talked to Matthew obviously, but, um, and, and I think it probably makes sense for the club, especially with, you know, the transfer market. I mean, it was a, it was a big transfer market, but it's kind of been depressed recently overall because of COVID. So if you're able to get that kind of money for him and you might, might be able to help you make a couple other moves, um, for a little bit less money than you otherwise might if you have to uh to wait a little bit longer uh to get that money available to you so yeah like i said i'm kind of conflicted yeah uh, i'd love to have hoppy on at some point if we can get him um and you know and kind of talk to him but yeah we'll see how it goes uh, those rumors were kind of hot for a little bit and i haven't heard a lot of them in the last like week and a half two weeks or so so we'll see how it goes. yeah yeah we'll see once he gets back with the team and is practicing hard maybe we'll see more of him and get more rumors again but we'll see uh how that how that ships up and uh yeah next you know let's wrap this podcast up with uh next game is against a team uh not many predicted to be doing so well as they have been so far this season uh, uh jan regensburg three no to start the season eight goals for zero goals against so far um it's gonna be a difficult game they're they're what second now on the table currently uh they're they're not a bad team um overall i think it's gonna be a good challenge for us i think they're actually top of the table maybe uh, but look at some of the results they had. They beat Holson Kiel like we did, 3-0. Um, they beat uh, Sunhausen 3-0. They beat uh, Darmstadt 2-0. So, um, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's a team that doesn't give up any goals. Uh, we actually have some 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 horses on our team that could put it away. So it's going to be interesting to see, you know, their, their strength against our strength, I guess, is our strength. Um, this, this is the life that we've signed up for now, Richard. Stressing every game. getting smoked by a team called the <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is what we're doing yeah. now, man. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. It is what we're gonna do. Uh, but uh, yeah, it should be an interesting game. Um, I know the big. So at least for this game, we need to, if we get the opportunity to score a goal early and and get the lead, we need to learn from our mistakes in, in the owl, in the owl matchup as well as the Hamburg and keep the keep the foot on the pedal and keep trying to score goals because uh, defensively we're not there yet where we can lock up shop and try to hold that kind of lead. Uh, just keep feeding the big boys and you know hopefully Bolter if he gets an opportunity again like he did last game that he has uh, he puts it away. I think that second goal would have done wonders for us last last game but um yeah, keep the keep the pressure on Jack because uh, this this team we're playing there they so far they're starting very well and so uh, you have to take him seriously, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, 
and uh, listen, like, yeah, obviously we come in with 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 some something of a pedigree, and and you know, it's a big club in the second division, but we're not really, you know, we wouldn't be in the second division if we were a big club at the moment. You know what I mean in terms of like how we're yeah. playing. So yeah. Uh, yeah, when it comes to like how do you think we're gonna fare against Jan? Right? I mean, like, we we have everything to play. Yes. Um, we're not really going into many games as like a you know a clear cut favorite or you know with the expectation we're still trying to feel out how you know what this team's going to look like this season how this campaign is going to go so i don't remember if we talked about this or it's just something i heard maybe on telecast or something like that but you know Schalke is a big name and so we're going to get the best from all the clubs especially the smaller clubs that you know have nothing to lose they're going to live up for all those games so this is basically like playing like the champion quote unquote because you're playing a big name and come to your stadium fans are going to come out for that uh, and so you're going to get the best from everybody. And, you know, I know Matt says Regensburg usually starts strong, and but they're a mid-table team. But, you know, it will, they will be tough for us no matter what. Uh, so, yeah, you know, this is, is this the life we get we are signed up for, uh, week in, week out of stressing because every team is going to bring it. And uh, we really have to perform and earn our way back into the Bundesliga uh, if it's in the cards for us this year, Jack. Um, do you feel, you feel good about the matchup coming up here against Regensburg? Yeah, we'll see. Once again, it, it, I have to I have to get Schalke TV so I can actually watch these, and, and then like, you know I can tell you how, how good I'm feeling about the minutes. <laughs> I've watched more of the minutes, but um, like I said, from from what I have seen, like it re- reasonably competent. There, there, there's there's things that people are concerned about right now, obviously, um, but it, it doesn't look you know completely dour in all aspects of, no. of how we're how not we're as much as we're seeing on Twitter <laughs> from both uh, English and German fans. So yeah, so I mean yeah. Yeah, it's 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 early days, it is. Um, you know, and you you and I have never been the uh, the sky is falling on match day one. No. going to get relegated no. people, and and they are out there. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, no, we're not. Um, let's before I was going to wrap up on that, but let's you know let's talk about the elephant in the room at least for the for those of us on this side of the of the of the pond, and that's uh, viewing of Schalke. It, it's been mighty difficult for everyone here in Canada and the USA. Uh, you know, obviously last year we had ESPN because we were in the Bundesliga, but this year. Uh, Liga isn't shown as much on ESPN Plus. They only have the game of the week. We were fortunate that we had Hamburg in the first game, so we got to play in that game. But it's not often we're going to be uh, televised in terms of national television. So our main options are really, you know, Schalke TV. And really, you have to, you know, for those of us on this side of the pond, you're going to have to reach out to customer service from everything I've read, and they'll have to send you a link. You can't sign up the traditional way like you would on the website because of the whole, you know, if you're in Germany, it's accessible to you. But for us, it's it's a little bit more difficult, Jack. Um, and then you have other ways, you know, I, I know our friend Dirk, who usually joins us on the show, he talked about, you know, possibly maybe doing it not the most legal way. And, uh, you know, there's also VPNs you can use and this and that. Jack, uh, that's going to be our struggle until we find something. I think it's going to be uh, difficult for all of us, right? At least on this side of the, of the pond. Yeah, and I don't want to complain about no, it too much no. just because, I mean... We, we really are spoiled for choice as an yes. American um, footballing fan. I mean, the access that we have to various leagues around the world is, you know, beyond what a lot of the people, you know, across the pond had access to to some extent. I mean, I think just, I mean, people would be jealous of, of all the different games that that we have. And we were lucky, you know, for, for the, the pretty reasonable fee that ESPN Plus is to be able to watch it last yep. year. Um, yeah, it just, they have the rights to it from what we understand. I don't know how, I mean, maybe there's, there's costs associated with making them available, you know, on demand that I'm not aware of. I don't know how these, all yeah. these things work, but I mean, because ESPN has the rights to it, you would hope that they would just make, I mean, not even, not even have to live stream them, yeah. not even have to have commentary or whatever, but just like put the games up so we can watch them. That would be yeah. great. Um, but like I said, yeah, we're, we're, we're in the process of trying to get Shaka TV figured out and hopefully we can uh, be back up and running with that. Uh, but yeah, you know, hey, that's part of the risk you run. Um, 
when you, when you, when you get relegated, obviously people aren't going to be, uh, you know, broadcasting some of the lower divisions to the extent that they are uh, the top ones. So that's, uh, that's on the team, obviously, for for falling there. And we get it. But, you know, we're going to we're going to go along for the ride. Obviously. Some alternate options for those uh, who want to at least listen to it, if nothing else. Uh, you can obviously use and tune in. Tune in is a great app, great radio app that you can listen to, to the streams all around the world. So I've listened to many, many German games that way. And then also you go to Schalke's website. Uh, give them a plug, right? And uh, you can actually listen to the game for free there as well. It's in, it's in German, but at least you get to hear the game live. Uh, and so that's better than nothing, I think, right, Jack? So uh, we'll we'll keep working to see what we can we can find out at least from our end uh, in terms of Schalke viewing. Uh, but uh, it's it's going to be a little hard for us for all of us, I think, on this side. So you know we'll do what we can. But uh, if nothing else, uh, we can at least hear the stream uh, for free. So um, there's that. So what we can do, we got to do, right? Plug away and. Keep trying to bring you uh, content for you guys somehow, some way. <laughs> uh, speaking of content, um, we just released a video. Our, we just started this series for the uh, the history of Schalke. We episode one just released. It was actually about the origins, nineteen oh four to nineteen twenty. Short videos, but you know, it's trying to get everybody up to snuff about what the history is of Schalke. So if for those who English fans who you know want to learn more about Schalke, we'll, we'll try to provide decade by decade. Uh, it'll be a while, and then it'll end obviously with the 2017 start of uh, Jack and Richard and the Shock America. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna host a later segment called the Patucci. <laughs> there you go. You may even have uh, the DeSanto years that I'll host. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. So. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! All right. Well, let's put a bow on this one. Um, if you haven't signed up for the Shaka US newsletter yet, uh, make sure you sign up for that. Uh, not only do you get uh, info on the club, but you get the latest on all the fan clubs across uh, North America when we can eventually go out and do our our um, uh, viewing parties. Uh, you know, I know Jack and I are both uh, you know itching to go out there and try to do some interact with the fans. Uh, we got some nice giveaways we want to do in person as well. So, um, oh, by the way, we had a big giveaway uh not too long ago and uh you know we had lots of winners uh we posted all the winners here uh on, on twitter over the summer so uh congratulations to all the winners hope you enjoy all the gear that you got uh doug says uh thanks guys good to be back with the royal blues and you all thank you jack and good to be back jack thank you doug good to be back with you too you too jack <laughs> keep tuning in each week as we try to bring you the latest from the royal blues uh we'd like to thank uh shock for providing tidbits on our podcast tonight uh, any topics you would like us to discuss, just let us know at Chalk America on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, wherever you wherever you can find us. We'll we'll gladly hear you, right, Jack? Where yeah. where can our uh, yeah. where can our lovely followers find you on social media? You can find me on Twitter at JM Mangan, J M M A N G A N. How do you like that? I like them apples. Cold, haven't done it in months. Right off the tongue, no mistakes, pressure's on, bud. What do you got? Uh, well, as always, you can follow me at R underscore K-H-A-R-M-A-N. Uh, make sure you follow us on our, on our YouTube page as well. I got some content we're trying to put out. Like we never left. Like we it's never like left. It's like we never left, right? And, of course, you can follow us all our social medias. Follow us on uh, anywhere you can streams, music, Apple Podcasts. Um, you name it, we're there. So, uh, yeah, until the next podcast comes, uh, we'll be with you soon, whether it's on the airwaves or on the video. Look out.